I guess the shelter wasn't so impenetrable after all. Yeah, but they didn't have the Marines from the Megaforce. Okay. You'll receive further instructions when you get to the shelter. Good luck. Hello and welcome to another episode of That So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. Tonight's movie, my goodness, Aliens from 1986. No, I'm just kidding. It's Shocking Dark from 1989, though the differences are not as much as you might think. My guest this episode, Amanda Castellan. Yes. I got it. <laughs> so you had I, had, I had asked you if you wanted to be on the podcast a while ago, and you were like, I, I kind of like zombie movies. I only really like, my, but my favorite movie is Aliens. So if you ever get Aliens, let me know. And I was like, well, the chances of me being that blessed are slim because I don't get those kind of movies usually. It could happen, I suppose. But, but then I got Shocking Dark, and I thought, you know what? Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, close enough. That's one way of looking at it. I don't know what James Cameron did to this man. <laughs> the guy who directed this, Bruno Mattei, uh, Italian schlock director going under the pseudonym of Vincent Don, did a bunch of Italian schlock movies. Also did a ruby movie that was a called Robo War that was a ripoff of Predator and Robocop somehow together. Made this movie, <laughs> Shocking Dark, three years after Aliens. Do you Did you see the, what the original title of this movie was or did that pass you by? I saw Terminator 2. Yes. He originally as called... As a title, but I don't know what the original was <laughs> That's the original. He originally called this movie Terminator 2. The poster was a ripoff of the Terminator poster. So he's ripping off Terminator yes. <laughs> and Aliens. I don't... Did James Cameron bang this guy's wife? I don't know what happened. But he's made it his <laughs> mission in life to rip James Cameron off. Because this movie... I mean, the, the <laughs> setting is a bit different. But there are snatches of dialogue in this movie that are like one word almost verbatim. One yeah. word off enough that they won't get sued, maybe, they hope. But yeah. They, they changed the name to Shocking Dark because I'm assuming that I don't remember what company made the first was it Corelco? Whoever made the first Terminator and were working on Terminator Two at that point, probably in pre production, caught wind of a movie called Terminator Two and <laughs> brought the lawyers to bear so he had to change the name to shocking dark which is uh, this film is not particularly dark nor shocking so it's a pretty generic no. non-descriptive title uh, yeah gives you absolutely no no insight into uh, what to expect <laughs> no i did not know going into this what this was i had never heard of it with good reason i think yeah once a couple scenes in i was like hold on hold on hold on a second <laughs> this seems familiar um, it's not set in outer space, cause, but in Venice, they can hear you scream. And you're going to scream not a lot. <laughs> yeah, let's just get into it. The, it's, <laughs> this movie's bananas. The city of, we get some narration at the beginning that's showing us like stock footage of Venice with tourists. And it's like prior to the year 2000, this is what Venice was like. But here's what it's like now. And it's this dead city due to global warming and some algae in the water that has destroyed things. So no one lives there anymore. Everything's kind of crumbling. But there are some sort of... I don't know what this is. There's a network of steam tunnels, various industrial-looking things somewhere I guess, under Venice, maybe? Who knows? That, uh, yeah, I, it seemed like it was under Venice, yeah. Um, I don't know if the corporation, <laughs> the tubular corporation, had installed them, you know, to maybe 
try and fix the problem. That is kind of what I was thinking going in. That's my best guess. Yeah, the Tubular Corporation, a subsidiary of Bodacious Industries, I'm guessing. What a dumb name. <laughs> yeah, there's these guys in the tunnels. They're running from something. They're screaming. One guy in particular, the couple of the performances right, right off the top with these guys in these tunnels are banana pants and you know you're in for a ride immediately because he's staring straight into the barrel of the camera and like no no and it's so it's so crazy over the top and then the drake guy that attacks him is also like he's doing like this weird edwin impression the whole time i don't know what that voice he's trying to do is but they're being seen on the monitor by some people soldiers or something in this control room which looks like I, i feel like this wasn't a built set but if it's an actual room in this plant or whatever that they're filming in i don't know what any of this stuff does because it's just blinking lights and like at one point there's a woman who's just standing there looking at there's no screen there she's just looking at a thing and not pushing any so i don't know what any of this stuff does (laughs) yeah i mean i think the point is just to have lots of flashing lights and beeping and buzzing and you know make it look headquartery i suppose yeah i guess so yeah, they're being observed by these people. They're like, oh, God, they're in trouble in there. We got to, but communication was then cut off. There's some sort of message from the head of the science team that was at this place. Raffleson is his name. So we have a little meeting of the minds between our heroine, who is Dr. Sarah Drumble, our, our Ripley for this picture. Like, even dressed, like, the, her jumpsuit is, like, so similar to Ripley's haircut. Not too different. The head i guess of the megaforce marines who is what is his name i don't even remember parsons colonel parsons i can't think of his character's name there's a lot of characters and none of them are worth remembering except they're shouting each other's names all the time so you get it eventually yeah colonel parsons is the head of the megaforce marines and a guy named fuller who is sort of the representative who's come from the tubular corporation to sort of look in on their interests mm-hmm. in whatever this is. So he's the Paul Reiser. He's the Burke, I guess. Except, the Burke. <laughs> except, like a, except instead of like nebbishy little Paul Reiser, he's like a big bohunk guy, which will be important yeah. later <laughs> for insane reasons. We start to meet the <laughs> Megaforce Marines crew that's going to get sent in to rescue these people or see what the problem is. We start with Coster, who is a lady who looks like if Michael Jackson were a Mortal Kombat character, like all of their outfits have yep. like the like the like the Scorpion and Sub Zero like shoulder pads on them, so they all look like they came from Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. And she is, I guess she's Apone, I suppose. The bright yellow V-neck. <laughs> yeah. She she's like a, a cross between Apone and Vasquez. Like she's, they like to merge characters. I was noticing like there's always kind of a combination of two like aliens inspired characters so she's definitely the apone but then she's also i think the vasquez yeah definitely vasquez she's apone at least in the way that she talks to people (laughs) meaning she talks to people like Mm -hmm. a shitty drill sergeant but she's actually not in charge of anything i guess she thinks she's just being motivational (laughs) but she's going around yelling at everybody else in the locker room i guess her favorite is this guy kane who's like a surfer dude like a full-on stereotype surfer dude with like a red bandana around his neck and sunglasses and he talks like a surfer blonde muscly dude and she he's the drake analog so vasquez's little partner drake that guy's the drake because he's shirtless in that introduction scene he's blonde and, and drake kind of has that 
surfer dude kind of way of speaking when he speaks a little bit in aliens but so there's your vasquez and your drake that's true he hands her a gun and she looks at it and she's like oh it's the new regiment toys it's a shotgun it's a shotgun it's a regular old shotgun in fact you just were talking to a guy who had one on the other side of the locker room two minutes ago but she's so like wow this is like a brand like it's a laser Mm -hmm. gun or something but it's not it's a shotgun you already have them i don't know why you're acting like this is such a big deal she's also uh super racist somehow (laughs) against they have one italian guy this team based in venice has one italian guy named franzini and she keeps calling him racial slurs like italian racial it's weird like they don't like each other he does not no not at all return the like I, I, the worst he calls her is black beauty which is I, I don't know that's a compliment i think but yeah she's constantly like calling him a greaseball and worse things that i'm not going to repeat so they don't they don't <laughs> seem to like each other very much so they're going to go in and there's this parsons guy i mean not, not all the acting in this movie is atrocious but this parsons guy the way he talk like i feel like he's he seems like he's american but he it also seems like he has learned all the dialogue phonetically five minutes ago because he's like standing at the door and he's like once you go inside there'll be no contact until you get to the base like there's this weird pause like he's trying to remember what he's supposed to say next and they didn't cut that's the take we're using and he does that more than once there's a lot of those there's a lot of those random little pauses when he's trying to give his dialogue <laughs> he's just not very good at remembering his dialogue i think yeah no one's very good so they get into the tunnels and they're immediately sort of attacked by this guy named Drake, not Aliens Drake, but this the guy we saw kind of attacking the other people in the tunnels earlier. And he's shooting at them, and they're sort of un- in cover, but not, like, not really. And they're not that far apart, and they're shooting each other, and nobody's hitting anybody. So none of them are very good at their job. Parsons sends two of the crew sort of to sneak up behind him. So they're coming up sort of a back tunnel to get to him. And they say, I wrote it down, uh, let's get out the KY so we can shaft him real good. Like, it, t- it gets... Uh, homoerotic all of a sudden (laughs) like i think i don't i think they're think that they're saying something like cool and badass but it doesn't come off across that way and um, not at all (laughs) but their idea of sneaking up on him is to move from one side of the hallway to the other but there's no cover so they're just like okay go i'll cover you and you run to the other side of the hallway and then okay i'll cover you and you run to the other side of the like he can see you the whole time yeah so they get a hold of him yeah he's doing a real edwin i don't know what he's doing but he's like I'm not even going to try to do it because I don't do a good impression. But when you hear it, you're like, that sounds like Edwin a little bit. So they capture him and then he does like this headache scream. He opens his mouth and he does the scream and they're all standing there holding their ears and swaying back and forth like their head's about to explode. It's very silly looking. While they're distracted with that, he grabs, is it Bryce? Is that the guy's name? One of the Marines and sort of drags him off. So now we're like, okay, now we're going to split up and go find where he took Bryce. So your mission is already, like you've been here two minutes and you're already in trouble. Fubar. Coster and Kane find these cocoons, sort of. I mean, it's more like webbing. It's not, you know. But I don't know what, because in Aliens, the purpose of cocooning people up is to, so that you can put face huggers on them and impregnate them with more aliens and the chest burgers will come out. Here, there seems to be some people that are being held until they turn into more creatures. And some that are just like torn apart and dead, which you don't need to web them up anymore unless they're food for later, like spiders. I don't know. And considering the nature of the creatures, like webbing doesn't make any sense anyway. 
Like it would make more sense to have a cocoon, you know, like a like what the aliens use, you know, something more solid than a, a webbing. So that confused me. <laughs> yeah, it should be slimy because they're very slimy. Some of them look, have like frog faces and some of them look like Cthulhu, <laughs> sort of. Yep. And there's trails of slime in their tentacles. So yeah, the webbing was very odd design choice. Yeah. They're all they're all over the place these monsters Coster talks a big game about what a badass she is and she sort of reconciled in the tunnels with franzini because he sort of saved her ass and pulled her back into quote-unquote cover when she was getting shot at and she's like thanks but she's been talking about you know how badass we are and she gets grabbed and makes no effort to fight back she just screams her head off until a man comes to save her Mm-hmm. Which is going to also be a common theme because our Ripley, Dr. Sarah, like Ripley's a badass. She will go, she's going to go save Newt. She's going to help the Marine, you know. Mm-hmm. She's going to get in the power loader and fight the Queen when everyone else is dead, you know. But Dr. Sarah never once, I guess she kind of fights a robot at the end <laughs> because there's a robot in here, of course. But whenever she's grabbed by aliens, she's just standing there screaming until Bryce or somebody runs in a and shoots him with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not. Not quite the uh, the female empowerment angle that Aliens brings to the proceedings. And Costa's the same way. She just stands there screaming as she got grabbed by an alien. She doesn't try to stab it or punch it or get out. She just screams and screams until Kane comes and gets her free. So they sort of escape from that, regroup. The leader of this sort of contingent, because Colonel Parsons is back at base, the guy with his boots on the ground is Captain Bond. And he, they're all like, okay, we should go now because there's crazy monsters here. And he's like, what is this, a mutiny? Next person who like, complains about orders is getting a bullet in the brain. Like, <laughs> whoa, bring it down, man. He's very into this, I guess. We're going to go through this pretty fast because there's not much story. There's a lot of walking through these tunnels, looking for Mm -hmm. things, running from things. So much screaming. So much useless, pointless screaming. My God. So much screaming. screaming. Sara. (laughs) Sara. Get used to hearing that because now we meet Samantha, who's our Newt analog. And by Newt analog, I mean a 22-year-old in pigtail ribbons. Like this... Yep. This girl is not a child. <laughs> this is like not a child. an Italian model or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my god. She's got pigtails with, with pink ribbons in them. And she's like the child left behind. Just like Newt. Yeah, and at the drop of a hat, she's and they even, they, help me. They even copy, though, like the discovery like in Aliens when Hudson reaches in to grab her, she bites him. And they do that here, too. And I think it is... It's, it's the Italian guy, right? So he's the Hudson analog, and uh, he's trying to grab her, and she bites the crap out of him, and then runs off. <laughs> yeah, some of the scenes are just <laughs> verbatim, like, copy, paste. Yeah, so she sort of leads them on a merry chase for a little bit as they're trying to pin her down and see what her deal is. There's a guy named Kowalski who gets chucked over a railing by these monsters, and it's a grade <laughs> Clearly a, a, a grade A dummy, <laughs> and it's the first of three we'll get in this movie. Like he, yep. the creature, the guy in the creature suit lifts this thing up and throws it over the bow, and it's just dead weight. And we watch it fall. I mean, it's pretty cool watching it fall down, like three stories onto the concrete. But it's it's the mm-hmm. dummiest dummy that ever dummied a dummy. Eventually we get to a lab where Fuller is looking at stuff under a microscope and sort of explains where these creatures came from. Not that it it makes any sense at all or anything, but it's their attempt. Some sort of enzyme was released that acts like, the way he explains it is it acts acts like a, it's, it's airborne first off, which means they're all 
maybe already fucked, I would think, but mm-hmm. it's not like you have to get bit by an alien or a face hunter or anything like that. But he says this enzyme acts basically like a floppy disk and we're the computers. Like you, you breathe this stuff in and it infects you and it rewrites your brain and starts to change you into these goopy monsters. Um, no explanation yeah. as to Slime fitters. where that <laughs> came from, why it's happening. Just that's that's what I'm seeing under the microscope. That's what's going on here. We get an almost shot-for-shot version of the motion tracker scene with the, you know, mm-hmm. 15 yards, 10 yards. That, it's impossible. That's inside the room. But instead of the <laughs> instead of the creatures being, like, hiding in the ceiling and sneaking up on them, they just appear in the room with them. I mean, they're in a pretty wide-open room that they should be able to see these things coming. But just as the they get closer and closer, suddenly they're just there. It's very yep. dumb. There's a lot more. Sarah, they're trying to get them. Sarah. Sarah and Samantha are trying to get this door open. There's two buttons on the wall, and she keeps pushing oh, this one yellow button. God. And she's like, it won't open, it won't open. So the Marines are keeping the monsters at bay, shooting them. And he looks over, and he goes, it's the wrong button. And she was like, oh, and pushes the other button, and the door instantly opens. <laughs> like, they've been there. You didn't even think to try it. It's no. six inches away. I admit I had to stop and like watch this movie in stages because things like that I was just like this is too much this is too this is no um yeah when he was like that's the wrong button press the other one and she was like oh duh click and then the door opens (laughs) dear god (laughs) like she doesn't have Ripley's survival instinct I'll tell you that much not at all and she's a scientist of something but she couldn't figure yeah. that out the lead scientist of the, yeah but working, i guess maybe the working best for scientist. she's a lead scientist for who because she doesn't work for the tubular corporation nope is she the lead scientist so it, for the megaforce i don't know but why would the megaforce even need a, a lead scientist and like yeah no they never explain what she's supposed to be a scientist of and like the the girl the the newt she's far more computer adept than pretty much all the rest of them which isn't saying much but yeah i yeah because it's like it's like the um, the little girl air quotes lived in this plant because mm-hmm. she's like oh daddy you know like her parents were here and were killed by the aliens like it's hadley's hope but it's just this like where did you live i don't we don't see any living quarters we don't see any like you just wandered around while your parents worked no her dad was the lead scientist drake or whatever that was her dad the guy that was running the experiment oh i didn't even catch that so yeah yeah his his kid (laughs) so that's why she's so comfortable with you know the research and being able to access it there's a lot more running and we got to get to this such and such place but there's aliens in the way so we got to get through them we get dummy number two when so Costa gets got like a like a tentacle comes down and grabs her by the neck and hauls her away and Kane's trying to save her and he gets tossed over a railing Long too. <laughs> so they're dropping like flies these dummies. <laughs> yeah, Samantha gets sort of gets on the computer. They can't figure out how to work it, but she gets on there and this is what it says on the screen. She pushes the thing and it says it's the slowest. Com- I don't know how you guys were doing genetic modification of anything with computers this slow. I don't know how you got anything done. <laughs> But, yeah, in the slowest possible way, the type comes up on the screen that says Tubular Corporation, and then it says Danger... What is it? I wrote down. 
basically says danger. Danger level and then question mark. Danger level question mark. <laughs> and they look at that screen and then say, and I quote, we have to get to the Tugler Corporation. The computer readout was very specific about that. No, it wasn't. It said danger level question mark. <laughs> that <laughs> it gave you zero information you did not already have. But uh, Sarah was like, this tells us everything we need to know. I'm like, where where did you get that? Because no, it didn't. It, it said three lines. <laughs> I don't believe it. Fuller got, <sighs> during during sort of the running and fighting, Fuller got kind of slashed in the, or slapped in the arm by one of these creatures. And he's kind of hiding his wound from everybody. And nobody really notices except for Samantha. And when he pulls his hand away, there's wire sticking out of it. So we come, mm-hmm. come to learn that he's our bishop, I guess. Though bishop is a, a, and a good and lovely thing, man. I, but there was a scene earlier that kind of clued me in that he was also bishop as well as Burke. Um, when he was sitting at the microscope and the Italian guy brought in a computer or whatever, and he's like, do you need anything else? And he copied that where, where Bishop was looking at the microscope and then looked really slowly and just kind of stared. And then he said no. And then the uh, the Italian guy was saying, oh, it's this is an amazing specimen or whatever. And Bishop would have said, marvelous, isn't it? But this guy said, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And I was like, okay, so he's also the Bishop, so android? <laughs> so they kind of tried to clue you in a little bit earlier that he was a robot then yeah. before he got injured. We also have to get our Terminator angle in here eventually, sooner or later. Mm-hmm. But he, <laughs> for the first half of the movie, he doesn't, as the movie progresses, he gets more and more robotic in his speech, I guess. Like earlier on, you, you it wouldn't even cross your mind. Like, oh, he talks like a normal dude. But the further along we get, the more he's sort of stilted and robotic in the way that he talks for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And even in his movements, like he'll he'll walk really like stiffly. Yeah, and turn do the slow head turn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> now we get two back-to-back rip-off scenes. We have, um, so it's Sarah and Samantha are sort of off by themselves in this room. And Samantha says, Mommy always said monsters don't exist, but it's not true, which is almost exactly the conversation that Newt and Ripley have about monsters being real or not. Mm-hmm. And then they are locked in this room with a, rather than a face hugger, just a creature that's somehow in this room. And they're banging on the door and they're screaming into the security camera and Fuller's the only one who sees it and turns it off so no one else will see it, which is what Burke does. So, like, they're just lifting scenes full cloth from aliens and it's shameless mm-hmm. Shame, like even the asylum you know what the asylum is that film company that makes like atlantic rim and like all these direct-to-video like rip-off movies yeah they okay. are the they aren't even rip-off movies. Yeah. they aren't even this shameless about it like they at least try to you know do something beyond pretend the title. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 crazy that this movie exists and wasn't sued into oblivion but i guess i don't know i guess you can get away with stuff like this so they get out of that jam they find a and there's no repercussions for like because Bryce or whoever runs in and runs in and saves them again as sarah always needs saving and then they kind of just go on to the next room and they never ask like hey assholes how come no one how who locked us in that room and why would no one let us out we were screaming into the security camera they just as a group, continue on into the next room as if nothing has happened. I would have questions about why I was in that predicament. Yes, I would too. I'd be uh, a little bit suspicious. So in the next room, because they have now gotten to the Tugler Corporation, whatever that they were supposed to get to, there's a straight up like employee cover-up explanation video that plays. 
the screen lights up. There's a woman <laughs> yeah. on it. And she's like, hello, Tubular Corporation shareholders. Here's our entire evil plot for the city of Venice. And I'll explain it to you now, which is, I, that's a bad cover up. <laughs> if every shareholder you're sending them this video, that's you. That's a lot of trust in your evil uh, shareholders to not blow the whistle on that deal. But basically, the it's some and sort then of... And at the end of it, she's like, and don't tell anybody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> keep this a secret. But she kind of lays out, I guess, what Tubular Corporation's plan. They seem to have their fingers in a lot of different pies, Fuller says, but they, they're they the ones who set it up so Venice would become a dead city. They're the ones who put the algae in the water and help drive people out for the purpose of, I'm not sure, it sounded like they own a lot of the property and artifacts and things that are in Venice and now that no one lives there they can go and like reclaim it all and resell it or something did it make yeah, any sense to you not, at all no it no it, it made no sense it was not clear <laughs> and i didn't care enough to like go back and rewatch it to try and understand but That's absolutely yeah not. um yeah but if you already <laughs> if you already own all this stuff you didn't have to destroy the city you could just sell it if you already own it like you didn't need, I don't understand the purpose of right. like, there, no one can live here and know about this. Like you own the stuff already, just sell it if you want or whatever, do whatever with it. But they're also, they also released this enzyme to make the creatures, I guess, so that they can be weapons of war someday, much like in Aliens. But yeah, she lays that all out. Everybody kind of turns on Fuller. And here we get the reveal that he's a replicant because they like, I don't remember if they just straight up shoot him or what but his he says i'm immortal i'm invulnerable but it really seems to come and go because they shoot him with shotguns mm -hmm. four or five times and he just gets like oh you now you can see through my clothes and there's metal underneath but later on yeah, he there's is, like a little silver blossom yeah he is hurt by things very silly things that are nowhere near as powerful as a shotgun but he takes shotgun blasts like nobody's business he kills one of the marines looks like he kills bryce as well bryce winds up being alive and not really accomplishing anything after that but he says for the and he says this twice this is the first time when they first point shotguns at him he's like what are you going to do to me with that which is a fine line except he says the exact same line later to sarah when she has a shotgun pointed at him like you couldn't think of another cool one-liner for that so he knocks them out sarah and samantha are left he starts a self-destruct sequence Again, Shades of Aliens. Mm -hmm. But Sarah asks him, she's like, why don't you just kill us? And he says, I was waiting for the right time, which is now. Except then he doesn't, because he's like, you have half an hour till this place explodes. Run, and we'll see if I can catch you. Well, then it wasn't the right time to kill them then, and that whole speech was for nothing. <laughs> like, make up your mind, man. Robots are supposed to be more logical than this. And we have a, yeah, we have the countdown playing in the background. We have a slow chase through this building where they are not running terribly fast he's walking very slowly and keep is still gaining on them somehow like jason Voorhees in the woods <laughs> she sarah puts this just like an alien she puts this motion detector thing on or like the receiving or the output whatever bracelet of it on samantha so that if they get separated i wonder what i wonder if they will it's like check mm -hmm. off check off's motion detector so it puts <laughs> on her wrist so that if they get separated she'll be able to find her then they are immediately separated of course so it's a good thing she did that fuller catches up to them and yeah she threatens him with a shotgun he says what do you think that's gonna do but she wasn't aiming for him she shoots above him at these electrical wires that fall down on them and shock the shit out of him and he's uh, he's freaking out and grabbing the railings and 
Seems like he's, so he's good against shotgun blasts, not so good against electricity, which is, all right, he's a robot, I get it. They yeah, tur- they turn short-circuiting. A, they turn a corner. Samantha, Newt, for reasons surpassing understanding, falls through a thing and lands on a legitimate playground slide. I was gonna say, that thing was taken straight from a playground. <laughs> like, it's not like, oh, she fell in a vent and the vent, like, curves down. Like, it is a slide from a playground. That is like behind these pipes and stuff. And yep. she whoop slides right down at Sarah and down she goes. So now instead of leaving as the countdown continues, Sarah's going to have to make her way. Down. Why don't you just go down the slide after her instead of trying to find your way down back down where you came from and hopefully figure out, okay, she's behind this wall. If I go down another three flights, of like just go down the slide after her. Because that would make sense. And we cannot have logic in this movie. That is not okay. Because then you'd cut out 10 minutes of her wandering around <laughs> in the steam. <laughs> so Colonel Parsons finally shows up. He's been sitting at base this whole time. And he told them at the beginning, like, hey, you're not probably, communication lines are down. You're probably not going to be able to communicate with us. We keep cutting back to him over and over through the movie of him on a headset. Like, can any of you guys hear me? Why can't you guys hear me? Well, you told them they wouldn't be able to. He's finally tired of not getting an answer. So him and a couple more Mega Force Marines finally get down into these tunnels. They show up. She's telling him, like, hey, you got to get to the control room because there's this countdown going on, which he should be able to hear because it's blaring over the announcement system. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't accomplish much either. He kind of just shows up and then never. We kind of don't even. Well, they get they all get wiped out by aliens to, or creatures, whatever. Yeah, like almost well. instantly. <laughs> yeah, so they came for nothing. These Mega Force Marines. So are much for the Mega Force weak, being, like, badass. Weak sauce. <laughs> So Fuller catches up to Sarah again and is choking her out. So he is so far, he has stood up to, he shook off shotgun blasts like nothing happened. The electricity hurt him, but he recovered from it. She now turns the valve and sprays him with steam and it's, he's apoplectic. I mean, he is screaming and then she sprays him with fire extinguisher foam, like douches him just completely like he's on a Nickelodeon game show. Yep. And he's just completely stunned and screaming for his life. You can handle shotguns, but you can't handle foam and some steam? Like, what kind of weird robot is this? I don't get it. Oh, God. So she gets away from him again. She finds Samantha all webbed up. Now, is this stuff airborne or not? Because if it is, this girl is should be screwed. Because we've seen right. we've seen other we've seen Megaforce Marines that have been webbed up in this thing and have slowly like their arm has become the creature's arm like they're slowly turning into these creatures. But Sarah's been webbed up. Mm-hmm. She's obviously been or Samantha well and now Sarah breathing this shit in. Mm-hmm. They should be turning into monsters, but they don't. So I, I I know asking for logic is you know a silly thing to do, <laughs> but Jesus Christ. And now they arrive at with eight minutes remaining in this movie. A time pod. Right. <laughs> and another welcome video from that same woman that made the introduction to the nefarious plan. Yeah, she had a the welcome video to the time pod. <laughs> yeah, which is like, welcome to Tubular <laughs> Corporation's time pod. It's one of two of them. There's another one in the building. It'll take you to the future or the past. No big deal. Some, like, molecular disassociation can happen, but just be warned. But, like, there's eight minutes left. It is way too late in the game to be introducing time travel into this movie all of a sudden. Like, it was already late to bring Uh, robots in, but we'll let it slide. But time travel, now you're, what movie is this? 
but now we we have to have that you know throwback to terminator at this point like they've got to get it in there somewhere so <laughs> but also if you're the tubular corporation and you have figured out the secrets of time travel you have a working time machine why are you dicking around with venice real estate and enzymes and all this you you have unlimited power at your hands if you have time travel well the video did have a an aside that did say that it was still experimental or or testing that it wasn't guaranteed yet the time travel pod thing on the jig so you know maybe they hadn't finalized that yet i don't know but then that's what you should be focusing all of your research on instead of what kind of algae can we make to destroy the city of venice like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> are you crazy there's a lot they, more screaming they want to destroy the city that's they're, they're an evil corporation <laughs> uh, yeah i guess but just get your priorities straight it's the same as and it's the reason it's the it's the moment that i walked out of that last jurassic world movie and i don't walk out of movies but there's a scene where we find out have you seen i don't want to spoil spoiler alerts for everyone who hasn't seen jurassic world forgotten fallen kingdom or whatever the hell it was called we find out that the little girl i haven't seen it but i like spoilers <laughs> okay we find out that this little girl that lives in the mansion where they're holding this dinosaur auction is a human clone that InGen has made, or whatever the company is called now. Which, to me, raises the question, if you have cracked the secrets of human cloning, why are you fucking around with dinosaurs? They're auctioning off dinosaurs to the richest, like, we made a we made a T-Rex, who wants to buy it for $80 billion or whatever? You've cloned a human being, that's worth way more than dinosaurs, and it's not as dangerous. Sell that. What are you doing? And that's, I looked around the auditorium, and no one else in the theater seemed to care. <laughs> And I got up and I walked out of that movie because it's the dumbest goddamn thing I've ever seen. Anyway, that's an aside about Jurassic World. Stupid movie. So they travel back in time. They are now in pre-disaster days Venice. There's people running around. There's a kid driving an RC car around. But they've been followed by Fuller, who, yeah, says that there's another time bod that you also didn't know about. And I took that one. And now I've gone, come to the past with you. And I'm going to kill you. Which, I mean, I mean, they've escaped the explosion that's about to happen in the future. So that's good. But, and again, Sarah is not the badass. Yeah, she should be more badass. If you want, if, if you're going to rip off Ripley, because they immediately start running, which is fine. Well, she like scratches his eyes and like a big strip comes off like Arnie's Terminator where half of his face is sort of ripped off and there's wires and lights underneath and it looks yep. bad or cheap i guess I so bad say. but at one point they're running across this bridge in venice with him sort of following them and she stops to this just this guy walking on the street and she's like help us that guy's chasing us and of course he just picks this guy up and throws him. this isn't a dummy he actually throws this guy into the canal but <laughs> yeah, she's always like <laughs> seeking, she's always seeking help from men to save her like that's not ripley man no way and he is defeated. I'm very... Can you explain it? I'm curious as to what what is going on here. If there's a scene missing that explains what happened here. Because he has them cornered. And she pulls out the motion detector tracking thing she used. They used earlier and she had on Samantha. And like tosses it to him and he catches it. And he starts screaming. Sparks are flying everywhere. He's being electrocuted. But then also like the ring, the lighted, the lit rings we kept seeing when they were time traveling is also happening. Yep. As if he's being sent back. I, so I think they screwed up the prop. I think it was supposed to be that device that she pulled out of the time machine when they when they came back to the past. I think it was supposed to be that and not the motion tracker. Because, yeah, otherwise, why would he transport 
again, back to where the explosion was happening. That's the only thing I can think of is that they messed up the props. Yeah, because I wasn't 100% sure if it's like she did something to it so it's like short-circuiting and it electrocutes him to death and he explodes or if he is sent back to the future to where the explosion's happening and he's blown up there. But it's clearly the motion detector. I don't know what it's supposed to be, what they wanted it to be, but yep. it's clearly the same motion detector thing she was using earlier. So I thought maybe it was like a, uh -huh. a somewhere in time thing where like if you touch something or see something from where you came from, it sends oh. you back there. Like Christopher Reeve with those coins in his pocket. Have you seen yeah, Somewhere in yeah. Time? Good movie. But, yes, um, great movie. Yeah, I, I don't get but it. But yeah, I think they just screwed up the props. I think it was she was supposed to throw the the time travel key box, whatever the hell it was. Um, and she had the, the motion tracker, which I think that's just like an old Walkman, I think. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I don't. It's got lights on. It's got weird lights on it and stuff. Who knows what it was originally? But yeah, but it's also and if it just if he caught it and then was like, oh no, and then just like boof back in time. But he's also like getting like electrocuted by it and like so it seemed to be doing a couple different things at once and then I whatever. And that's, I, that's it. Because I don't, I don't think she would have had any time like from when she arrived in the past to when he appeared to like alter that thing at all, that motion tracker. I don't, she wouldn't have had time to do anything to it. So I don't know. <laughs> Who yeah, knows? I don't know either. And then the final scene is credits roll is it's Sarah and Samantha sort of standing on the pier in Venice looking out. And she's like, we have a lot of work to do to save the future. You know, it starts now. But they had said earlier that the tubular corporation had started this project like 10 years before the city was abandoned or whatever. So like what you're going to stop this algae thing or you're going to take down the tubular corporation? Who knows what these her and this worthless kid are going to accomplish. But well, and, and if the whatever was airborne, they're carriers now. And so them being there is probably spreading it, which I don't see how it could be air, airborne. I just oh, my God, that whole paragraph of explanation of of what they had done just made my brain explode because it didn't make no it didn't make sense at all <laughs> but no yeah. and that, so that should be I the last know. scene of the it movie just... as they defeat the terminator and they're like whoo we did it we're safe and then oh no and they start turning into the creatures and then the creatures are running through venice killing that should yeah. be the end of the movie <laughs> but it's not because they wanted a happy yes. ending and it makes no sense anyway <laughs> that is shocking dark this is a oh, very short episode, but there's just, was... there's nothing to talk about because there's so little plot. There's so little. I mean, the only yeah, it's kind like of... ninety minutes of just screaming. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, the only reason to watch this at all is just to see how like you might not believe us listening to us talk about it, but how shamelessly they are ripping off aliens, and obviously is mm -hmm. kind of you have to see it to believe it because it's it blew my mind that they could get away with it's, this it is blatant the ripping off is it's oh god yeah some scenes are just completely lifted from aliens and inserted into this terribly acted movie <laughs> yeah and instead of being on a cool spaceship or on a you know a colony or what it's it's just in this whatever this weird industrial plant that they rented out for the weekend is that's shocking God, those, dark those guys at the very beginning the ones that were running in the tunnels at the very start and screaming it reminded me of um the zamboni scene from one of the austin powers movies where he's driving the zamboni and the guard is standing absolutely. on the ice absolutely i was trying very to... much that but only trying to be serious <laughs> i was trying to put my finger on what it reminded me of the way he was screaming into the camera but not like moving or running away from whatever it is he's screaming about just oh no like 
and I couldn't, you nailed it. That's what it is. I couldn't put my finger on it. Excellent job. <laughs> oh, and that'll do it for that movie. Oh my God. Bad, bad news. It is time for me to push the magic button, as I do every week, to see what next week's movie will be, chosen completely at random from everything streaming. Pushing the button now. Next week's movie is... <laughs> the Howling 7 New Moon oh. Rising. It is on oh. Tubi. Thank God for Tubi. What a pile of rejects. Uh, the, <laughs> the Howling is a franchise I'm familiar with, but I haven't gone that deep into it. I've seen the first couple. I maybe saw four and five a long, long ago, but I've never seen no Howling 7, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think I've seen up till four, I think. I didn't even know there was a seven, so... It appears there is. It is from mm -hmm. 1995. So that's your homework, huh. everyone, if you choose to accept it for next week. Halloween 7, New Moon Rising from 1995 on Tubi. Ma'am, thank you for being here, talking about this Thank junk. you for having me. Where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram and things of that nature? Um, my Twitter is at eruditeelf, and that's pretty much where I'm most active is on Twitter. I don't really use my Instagram much, so... Very well. Yeah, she's a good follow, so do that. I am uh, at HeathLambert78 on Twitter. HeathLambert98, for some reason, on Instagram, but that has been hijacked and completely taken over by my newborn daughter, who's writing her own captions and t taking selfies and stuff, so I don't even have control over that anymore. So don't look for movie content there. The show is at That's a Random P2. The show has an email. That's a random pod at gmail.com for all of your questions, complaints, rants and raves, things of that nature. I think that's it for me. Any closing thoughts from you? Yeah, you picked a heck of a movie for my uh, my introduction to your podcast. <laughs> Thank you, I guess. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I didn't I didn't pick. That's the whole that's the whole thing. Randomness picked for me, but Luckily, I knew somebody who uh -huh. fit the bill. So thank you again. <laughs> That'll do it for me uh, this week. Have a good night. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Goodbye.